0: Hey guys, it's Elrod and today you are going to hear information on Carly Simon. Stay tuned. Let's get started. Carly Simon was born in 1943 in Manhattan. She was raised in the Riverdale neighborhood. Carly is the third of four children. She has two older sisters and one younger brother. She was raised in an upper-class musical home. Her father co-founded the Simon & Schuster Publishing Company and played Chopin and Beethoven on the piano. And her mother was a civil rights activist and a singer. Carly attended a lot of Brooklyn Dodger games with her father. She attended so many that she was made the team's mascot before the Simon family moved to LA. Three of her uncles gained distinction in various music fields. So most of the family was involved in music. Carly decided to quit Sarah Lawrence College to perform with her sister Lucy as the Simon Sisters. In 1966, guided by Bob Dylan's manager, Albert Grossman and accompanied by members of the band, she began a solo career. Several years later, with songs mostly co-written by film critic and screenwriter Jacob Breckman, she had a series of hit albums and singles. In 1971, her album Anticipation had the hits That's the Way, I've Always Heard It Should Be, and Anticipation. The album earned her a Grammy Best new artist. Now, here's that's the way I've always heard it should be. My Listen day to day 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 day. Yeah, the lyrics, very interesting. Some people can relate to it, or you know, families that can. i How many families do you know that are just like that it may be your own
1: but you say it's time we moved, moved in together, together. Yeah.
0: here's anticipation. Does this remind you of that ketchup commercial in the 70s? It ruined the song, really, because I think of that. In 1973, the album No Secrets had the hit, You're So Vain on it. It it reached number one on the Billboard charts. Do you know who the song is about? I will tell you shortly. You
1: you yourself they would be your
0: partner, they'd be your partner. And clouds in my coffee clouds in my coffee yeah. you're so vain you probably think this song is
1: about you you're so vain I'll I bet you think this song is about you don't you don't you don't you
0: okay the song was about Warren Beatty and clouds in my coffee meant the confusing aspects of love and life or something alluring something you some that's not good you just can't figure it out
1: and
0: this was Carly Simon song to Warren Beatty. And listen to the background singer. Guess who it is? It's Mick Jagger. Yep, Mick Jagger was the background singer in the song. Well, I hope I gave you some new information on this song. If you listen closely you can actually hear Mick Jagger. In 1974 Carly had two other hits and one was Haven't Got Time for the Pain. in the world has time for pain? Okay, the other hit was Mockingbird. Mockingbird, she sang with James Taylor to whom she was married at the time. Now, their marriage went from 1972 to 1983. Carly and James had two children together. Simon says that their love story was fateful from the beginning. Okay, so this is the story guys. In early 1972, she was walking down a street with her sister when she passed a newsstand which had a copy of Time Magazine and it featured a cartoon picture of James Taylor on the cover of it. Without thinking, she blurted out to a sister, I'm going to marry him. People would ask her why she said that or how did she know? And she said, because he was just perfect for me in every way. They met after a series of fleeting encounters. They knew each other as youths because both of their families would spend summer holidays at Martha's Vineyard. Taylor states that he recalled seeing Carly and her sister when they performed in the mid-60s. Remember, Carly sang with her sister for a while before she went solo. He always thought she was very attractive. He was only 14 years old at the time and she was 18 years old. Also at the time, he thought she was not very approachable. Then in 1971, they crossed paths at the Troubadour. Several people had visited her in her dressing room after the show. As they left, she noticed Taylor sprawled out on the floor. Carly states that everything about him communicated that he was the center of something the love of an apple, oh no, sorry, (laughs) the core of an apple, the center of a note. She spoke briefly with him. Then Joni Mitchell came along to collect him as Joni Mitchell was dating him at the time. Joni Mitchell sure got around. I guess they all kind of got around, huh? All the musicians dated each other. They were like revolving doors, if you ask me. Anyway, Carly and James Taylor didn't see each other for seven months. But Carly listened to his album, Sweet Baby James, and thought of him every day. Then, in November of 1971, Carly was given tickets to see James Taylor at Carnegie Hall. And she was invited to meet him during the intermission. Carly met him and Carly said, if you ever want a home cooked meal while you're here in New York, I'd love to make lunch for you. He replied, what about tonight? And that is how the relationship began. They got married in 1972 in a very small ceremony. And here's the classic song that Carly Simon and James Taylor made together. Great song, Mockingbird. Uh, They made this song very, very cool. The diamond ring song Cool. As a kid, I absolutely dug this song. They were a musical power together. But behind the scenes, things were not good. And the major challenge was James Taylor's drug addiction. As I was saying, I mentioned it, for those of you that listen to my James Taylor podcast, he really had a very bad drug addiction. And I believe he checked himself into rehab a few times. In Carly States, you can fall in love when someone's addicted to drugs, but when they are addicted to drugs, they are not available. They are absent and drug addiction changes a person because it takes over. And the person, you know, is actually no longer there. They, um, they're just not themselves. And they both, and actually Carly and, uh, James both cheated on each other. And so with the drug addiction and the cheating, the marriage ended. Sadly, they no longer speak at all to this very day Carly says she'd like to talk to him but he has put an iron curtain down and will not speak to her and she doesn't know why she states that they had nine years together and it really makes her sad that she he will not talk to her moving on In 1977, she released Nobody Does It Better, which was the theme song to James Bond, The Spy Who Loved Me, which was a great movie. And the song is incredible. And here it is. I've always liked this song a lot. Nobody does it better than James Bond Or John Rodriguez Then in the 80s, her career took a dip. In 1986, she recorded Coming Around Again. It was the theme to the movie Heartburn. In 1988, she got an Academy Award for her song Let the River Run, which she sang in the movie Working Girl. Remember that? It was a cute movie with Melanie Griffith. Uh, Carly also had a couple more songs following between 1990 and 1992. In 1994 she was inducted to the Songwriters Hall of Fame. Carly has also authored several children's books and in 2015 she published her memoir Boys in the Trees. I think I would like to read that. today. Carly lives happily on Martha's Vineyard with her husband, oh actually not husband. She lives with her partner, Surgeon Richard Corler. and she is releasing a compilation of CDs. Guys, I hope you enjoyed my podcast on Carly Simon. Thank you for tuning in and Alrock is signing off. Okay guys. Here's a one hit wonder. Guys, the song is Everlasting Love by Robert Knight. Okay, guys, one more one hit wonder. Okay. Okay. MFSB is the group which stands for Mother, Father, Sister, and Brother. And their hit single is TSOP. I guess they're really into like initials and all. T-S-O-P stands for The Sound of Philadelphia. Okay, guys.
1: El rod is signing off.